Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first live edition of Come Get Some. Before we get going here, I just want to start by addressing the 300-pound gorilla in the room. The Trump-tater is a very real possibility. Donald Trump for president. Can you believe it? He wins everything. I just want to write a letter to America. Dear America, have we lost our collective damn minds? Here's a guy with all the qualities of a leader and a dictator, all in one. And we just ignore it and look to him for leadership because we feel like there's no one else better. I'm sure Hitler had a few good leadership qualities too, but then again, he was Hitler. And then I'm sure Jeffrey Dahmer opened a few doors for some people, but it didn't make me want to eat dinner at his house. Moving on. You guys heard about uh, the Kanye West, Taylor Swift thing, right? Uh, Kanye West put out a new album. Uh, You know the whole history. He interrupted her her speech when she won an award and said, I'm going to let you finish and gave credit to Beyonce and just really stole her moment. Uh, they had since become friends and they've, they've made up and they're cool with each other. But now Kanye put out a brand new album and one of his songs has a line in it that's very controversial. This line is, I think Taylor Swift and I may have sex. Something to that effect. And I made that bitch famous. I made her famous. And uh, it's caused a lot, of, a lot of rift between Taylor Swift's camp and, and Kanye's camp. And the thing is, Kanye really believes that he didn't do anything wrong. He thinks this is great. Or, or he's lying, which I think he's probably just out of his damn mind, probably voting for Trump. This guy, uh, this guy claims he asked her permission. She says he didn't. But he did say he asked, like, uh, uh, Kim's permission because it's his wife, right? Can I make a line about sex in my song? And she was okay with it, so he figured it's not a big deal. So here's what I think happened, and here's why I think Kanye West thought it was okay to use that line in his song. And it actually makes sense when you think about it. It's the unknown, untold story the media has been hiding from you. Kanye asked a lot of people if he should use this song. Oh, he started out, he, he called Chris Jenner. He's like, Chris, you think I should use this song? And she's like, I don't care, Kanye, go ahead. He called Chloe Kardashian, and she was like, call 911, and he didn't want to deal with that, so he hung that up. He was going to call Caitlyn, and he just, just freaks him out, so he didn't call Caitlyn. And, and then he went, and he said, I'm going to ask some more people. He called Michael Jackson. Now, we, we all know Michael Jackson is dead, and he knows it too. He's not going to like make stories up about that. But he talks to Michael Jackson's ghost. Just don't ask him about it because he really freaks out when you, when you call him out. So, so he calls Michael Jackson's ghost, and he wants some, you know, wants some counsel. He says, Michael Jackson, should I use this line in my song? And Michael Jackson's all like, Ooh, of course you should use this. It's a really good idea, Kanye. And Kanye's like, thank you. I really appreciate your advice on this. And then he goes to, you know, he goes, he calls Wiz Khalifa. 
He says to Wiz Khalifa, hey, Wiz, I got some uh, a question for you. Wiz is saying, uh, you're not still mad about this finger thing, are you? And, and, and Kanye's like, oh, stop about the ass. I, I just want to ask your advice on something. Do you think I should use this lyric about Taylor Swift in my song? And Wiz Khalifa's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And Kanye's real happy. He's like, okay, Wiz thinks it's a good idea. Well, he might be clowning me because we had that riff a few weeks ago. So let me go ahead and make a couple more calls. He decides to call the Pope. He says, why not go religious on this? Let's get a real good high authority. He calls the Pope and says, should I use this line? And he tells the Pope what the line is. And then the Pope says, I don't know. I think this is a little bit, little bit iffy. I don't really approve of using this kind of language towards a woman or anyone who's not an altar boy. And Kanye is like, well, have you seen Theros with hairdo? You know, it's kind of hard to tell if he's a boy or a girl. And, and, and the Pope's like, okay, enough of this nonsense. Why don't you go to the big guy and ask God what he thinks? So Kanye's on his way to the church to ask God God's opinion on the matter. And he looks up at the stars and decides to consult the entire universe. And he's staring at the stars and the moon. And he asks, should I use this lyric in my song? I, I want to make a good choice and not be a total prick about it. And he's staring there for 15 minutes, and he notices the moon and stars actually moved positions. Because you, you, know, you guys get it. So he goes, okay, that's a big sign, but let me go ask the big guy upstairs. And, and he goes into the church, and he goes into a pew, pew and he, he kneels down, and he says, God, I want to use a, a, a potentially risky lyric in my song about Terrell Swift. Do you think this is a good idea or a terrible idea? And, and, and God says, Exactly. God says nothing because as far as I can tell, while yes, God hasn't spoken to anyone, if he spoke to anyone at all, in, since like 11 AD. But the kind he takes this as a sign is yes, it's a good idea to use this lyric in your song because God didn't strike him down right there and then. Now, he doesn't consider this as God's house. God doesn't want dead bodies laying around. Do you want dead bodies laying around your house? No. So Kanye takes that as a yes, and he goes and he calls uh, Tara Swift. And Tara Swift says, well, it's a pretty funny line. Uh, and, and you know, it, you know, but I don't think you should use it. And Kanye goes, "Oh, great, yeah, I made you famous. It sounds good." And he twisted around his head and convinced himself. She said, "Yes." Now, the moral of this whole thing is, we live in a country based on numbers, polls, and stats, just like the numbers and polls that Donald Trump is receiving, where the percentage rules, the majority rules. So what happens is, he figures 18 out of 20 people said, "Yes, you should use a lyric in your song. It must be okay." But Kanye's a tool. And it's a terrible thing to say about somebody. Terrible thing to use in a song and terrible to use that. As far as I can tell, in my opinion, if anything, Taylor Swift made Kanye more famous. Because if I'm not mistaken, Kanye's big moment was interrupting Taylor Swift's big moment. If, I don't, if, I, if I'm not wrong, and I'm not, Taylor Swift was accepting an award, which makes her pretty famous in my book. So uh, long story short, shut up, Kanye. So, and I mean, this guy, I, I, can't, I can't take it all away from him. He's very talented. One day, I hope to be talented enough to lose $53 million and have somebody for a loan. But that takes more talent than I have. Uh, he did redeem himself in my eyes at some point, and this is going to lead into my, uh, my topic for today's show. He made a statement once that I will quote that it was actually something pretty decent and reasonable, and, and I really respect. He said, race is a distraction. Um, uh, we're all one race, the human race, and I can get behind that comment. Um, so today, you guys were expecting to hear me have an interview with G.K. Bose. Uh, that didn't work out uh, for very various reasons. 
Um, we, she will definitely be on the show, and I will have her next week. So you guys will be hearing me interview G.K. Bo. She's the voice actress who's currently voicing the newest female fighter in Street Fighter V, Laura Matsuda. I can't wait to talk to her about that, among other things. But today I have a very serious topic I want to talk about, something that's very near and dear to me. Um, I got to tell you, uh, the topic I'm talking about today is actually a topic that I wanted to talk about months before I even thought about really doing a podcast. I was thinking if I did a podcast, I want this to be one of my first podcasts. I want to make this statement because it's it's major. Um, I was watching the news a lot. Uh, you all remember, it's still on the tip of our tongues. Uh, Freddie Gray, Sandra Bland, uh, among others, uh, the Ferguson thing, um, which is more than just the Ferguson thing. It's a big deal. Um, before I realized it was going to happen, uh, last night I found out Blackish, which is a show I never saw before because just I don't see a lot of network television anymore. A show I don't watch, um, Blackish did a thing on this, actually. And I thought it was kind of cool because that's actually what I planned on talking about tonight. Uh, so if you get a chance, go back and watch Blackish. They kind of hit the nail on the head on almost every point. Um, but not everything I say here is going to be something that you guys want to hear. It's not going to be something you like, but something that maybe uh, maybe you need to hear. Um, there's a lot of different aspects to this and aspects that people don't touch on or talk about because it's controversial. Um, it sounds bad, and people will flip out. People won't be happy you talked about it or you said these things. I'm not going to avoid topics or subjects just because they're unpopular. If I think it needs to be said and no one's saying it, count on me, Chris C., on Come Get Some to be the one that says it. Um, I want to preface this and everything I do from here on out on Come Get Some for the rest of my run as a podcast host. I'm not the authority on anything. I'm not an expert. I have opinions, sometimes very strong opinions that I truly believe in and I hope other people uh, can agree with. But I'm not always going to be right, and I'm not always going to be the smartest person in the room. And if you listen to this podcast and I say something stupid or you harshly disagree with or very much disagree with, you can email me at CGS here, at CGS, as in come get some here, at gmail.com. Or you can tweet me at Miami Singer, Miami Sixth Man on Twitter, and I will definitely address it. And if I say something really egregious, something really horrible, and I'm just dead wrong or just sound totally stupid – Call me out on it, and I will address it, and I'll address it live on the air if you want me to. Not a problem at all. So, so today I want to talk about the real issues here. Um, there's a real issue in this world. Uh, mainly the biggest issue I'm going to talk about today is racism. There's a huge issue with sexism, and there's a huge issue with homophobia or just, just treating homosexuals not like our equals or, or like they should be treated like a normal human being. Uh, this is all related, and by the end of the show, you're going to see how this all comes into one. It all makes sense. But there's a there's a problem on top of the problem, and I don't want to steer away. I'm not trying to turn a blind eye and say there's no problem because I just said there's problems. There's a problem with racism and uh, sexism and homophobia, and sometimes the biggest part of that problem is when the people who have those issues, the disturbed individuals who think this way, are in power, and they're on the police. Uh, we want to be careful about this because we need the police, and not all the police are bad. And I, I want to say that I kind of feel for the police a little bit, and this is going to be very hard for some of you to hear. I feel for the police because there's good officers out there in real dangerous situations that are going to be a little too shy to defend themselves anymore because look at the lashback. 
Look at the impression. Look at the mob mentality. Not to say that it's not justified. There's a lot of crap going on out there. But people sort of jump on things like any issue. I mean, just issues in general. People tend to jump and be on the defensive and be on the attack. And it may not necessarily be so or, or might, not be, might not be necessary. Um, I'm going to give some examples of times that I've heard people say things that make them part of the problem rather than part of the solution. And that's a big theme for today. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. Not denying there is a problem, but don't be part of it. Don't escalate it. Escalating doesn't solve anything. You know, activism, stand up for yourself. Yes, speak up, get in the media, stand on the streets and pick it. But don't block people from being able to do their jobs and support their families and take care of the children and put food on the plate to make your point. There's other ways to make your point that can be seen. And yes, it's tough. It's hard to fight authority when authority is part of the problem. But here's the, the biggest thing about that is you can't fight authority. Even if you're, if you're right, sometimes like in a pullover like Sandra Bland, I have big issues with the Sandra Bland issue, and not on the police side. Yeah, I'm the first person you heard say that, aren't I? I think Sandra Bland should not have been pulled over in the first place, just like most of you are saying. But I have been in that same situation. I have been pulled over when I was a young, less mature human being, a little young white male driving around in my Dodge Neon. I got pulled over, felt like it was unjustified. And I get kind of mad, mostly because she reminds me of myself in that moment. I was talking back to the police officer. I was being unruly. That cop was a dick. The cop with Sandra Bland was a dick. The cop with me was a dick. They were in the wrong back. Like she fought back. The the whole sense of entitlement. And I know why she did it. She did it because Ferguson, Baltimore, all the stuff in the news where people are being killed by cops unarmed. And black people, race, this whole thing. I'm entitled to not be treated this way. I'm not going to be treated like those people were. It was her mentality. My mentality was, uh, you know, I'm going to stand up for myself. It wasn't a race thing, but you shouldn't have pulled me over. You shouldn't be talking to me. You should be dealing with people who are real criminals. Much the same stuff that she said to her cop. Now, here's the difference is at some point, my cooler head prevailed. After I was asked to leave the car, just like she was asked to get out of the car, again, an escalated issue that didn't need to escalate. If you just cooperate with the police, he was, she was going to get a warning that day. She got arrested. My cooler head prepared. I stopped resisting. I stopped talking back. Now, getting ahead of this officer, if you will, even though he's in the wrong, he's being a dick. At some point in his mind, he's in authority, and things are getting out of control when you look at the news. He's afraid that if he doesn't take control of the situation – He's not going to have this, this citizen's respect. He, he doesn't have the citizen's respect. She's completely disrespectful. He probably deserved it, but he's authority. When we were kids in school, we got in trouble for talking when it was our neighbor talking. And we got in trouble and we couldn't fight it because you can't fight authority. Even when you're right, you have to sometimes swallow your pride and you got to deal with it. I'm not saying on the big picture this whole thing was sh- – cops shooting on our van. This is not something you can just let slide by and ignore. I'm talking about a routine pullover on the side of the road. I didn't get arrested because I stopped fighting back. She was too proud. She was too proud. I don't think she deserves to be dead. I don't know what happened in the prison, and I can't speak on that. I can just say she should have never been pulled over in the first place, but even though she was pulled over, she should have never gotten herself arrested. I almost got arrested the same way. (laughs) Young white guy, okay? My point is that, that we, we jump these conclusions. We we go into 
uh, this this mode where we go rioting. What is this rioting, man? What is this solving? And I don't say people riot as a whole. This small bit of community made this big noise, and it didn't help. It didn't make racism go away. It didn't make racism in law enforcement go away. It made people sad. It made people's businesses suffer. It made people in your own community afraid to leave their houses. I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. I grew up in Baltimore City. I've been on those streets. I looked at the news after Freddie Gray, and I look at this and I'm seeing, I'm seeing Freddie Gray, and I'm seeing uh, people uh, filling things with cops, tipping cop cars, laying on fire, lighting on CVS on fire, and uh, I'm, I'm, I got tears in my eyes, man. Those are my people. That's my home, and that's where I come from, and. They've lost their collective minds, and uh, I felt like I hoped they were better than that. And I'm not saying Baltimoreans, <laughs> Baltimore City is bad and not better than that. Again, it's this group of people. Um, they're not part of the problem. I mean, they're not part of the solution. They're part of the problem. Don't don't be part of the problem. Don't escalate. This lady, Stacey Dash, actress from uh, Legally Blind, Legally Blonde, Legally Blonde, she comes out and says. I don't think we should be black people. We should be American people. We should all be together. Same thing that uh, Raven Simone said. And I agree with that. I mean, they said some things I don't agree with. They said we shouldn't have uh, Black History Month, which we're in right now, right? We're in Black History Month. And uh, we, every you know, black history should be throughout world history. And I, I get that. I, I do think it's still a strong statement to keep black history around because – there's a lot of people like I was when I was younger, kind of happy-go-lucky, don't see color, don't see race, and go, there's no problem. People are over-exaggerating. Well, you don't really know. You, you can hear it in history in passing. You know, we, we don't know a lot about George Washington, but we learn about him in history and Napoleon. We, we learn about him, but we don't it's, – it's, it's quick. You know, it's a quick year, and every year <laughs> you don't retain all that. Black History Month, you're focused on it. Black History Month is why my most favorite person in American history today, out of all American history, Martin Luther King Jr. He's my favorite historical figure. Yes, me, white guy, <laughs> Martin Luther King. The man understood things. He was part of the solution, not part of the problem. And he wasn't a pushover. It's not like he didn't get in trouble with the police. It's not like he didn't stand up for his beliefs in situations that got a little bit more tense than others. You know, I, I don't want to lighten things. Things are what they are, but I see it in every in every form when I talk about sexism, homophobia, and racism. I used to work at Barnes and Noble when I was seventeen, and we'd set up these these groups. You'd have a book group, like Oprah's Book Club. You have a poetry group, like a beatnik thing, and they had a women's rights group or a feminism group would be. And they came a half hour early one day, and the lady who sets up the group that works for the bookstore called me out and said, "This guy's early. I'm sorry to bother you. Can you come help?" set it up. So I go out there, and the two ladies are sitting there, you know, scowls on their faces and all. And I go, let me grab those chairs for you, Susan. I start taking the chairs and putting them up. And that me like I had three heads. And they said, uh, sir, uh, you don't think she can handle those chairs because she's a woman? And I'm, I, I, I felt like I got jumped from behind. I got, <laughs> didn't expect this, uh, this ambush, and I said, you know, I 
said, I, I was just helping her out. It's my job, kind of, and, and I was just being a gentleman. And they nod, and they go, oh, that's what they call it now. <laughs> yeah, so something like that. You know, I'm a rational guy. I can let that go, and, and I still support women's rights, and I think women should make the same money as men do doing the same job. And someone pointed out to me an article that stated that women make more than men because they have better benefits because they get that paternity leave. And I'm like, shut your mouth, man. <laughs> tell me a man that's carrying a baby for nine months. You can't tell me that, that that's unfair that they make the same as men because of that. That's bullshit. Don't tell me that story. So I fight for women's rights and I believe in women's rights, but people don't want to hear that. And there's a lot of people a little bit more antsy, a little bit ready on that trigger to jump on that bandwagon and start that, that, that force against you for saying that, being part of the problem instead of part of the solution. So, I mean, when you say stuff like that, you make it hard for me to stand with you. But I do it. I still do. Uh, another example of that is I knew somebody who was a homosexual that was close to me. This person uh, decided their family was saying things about him behind his back and uh, was holding him out of things because of his sexuality. And he disappeared for years. He lost years of watching his family, these young people, his family grow up, of being with his family and being together and, and part of it. And he missed those years because he decided in his own mind that this was happening. Guess what? Nobody knew what the hell he was talking about because it didn't happen. Sometimes we're our own worst enemy. You know, um, I can tell you um, about mom mentality. Um, when I was in high school in ninth grade, I was in an Ivy League school, all-boys Ivy League Catholic school. And uh, and uh, I was going to move to Florida, and I had, a, had to get a credit in history. I had to take a, a month of summer school, but I didn't because the school in Florida was going to take me with my credits to the next grade. But we didn't move. So I ended up going to this what's called the last resort school in that area. And it was a school with metal detectors and people having weapons seized and being maced by security in the cafeteria almost daily to break up fights that wouldn't break up. I'd go home on this number three bus, and there's a number three sign at the bottom of my street. The next bus stop's like a mile and a half farther. And I would see these kids get beat. I actually saw people get beat up and lynched by multiple people. And these are black kids. They weren't just, it wasn't like a race thing. It wasn't like kids on black or black on white. Or, it was just, I don't know if this kid deserved it or had it coming, but he got lynched by people walking home from school, running for his life and getting caught. And I saw a couple of different instances like this, and I didn't ever want to get caught walking to school or home from school. So the bus driver gets to this number three sign at the bottom of my street, and I go, that's my stop. And she goes, I don't stop there. I'm like, but you're a number three bus. I've never heard of this, not before then or since then, but apparently there's certain buses with the same number that don't stop at that number, which is retarded, but that's what it is. And uh, this bus driver was kind enough. There's a couple people who needed off of that stop, so she always stopped there. Well, one day I stayed late for a drama thing. I think it was a rehearsal or something, or I forget what I was doing, but I had an hour late from school. So it was a different number three bus with a different bus driver, and it was standing room only. I was one of only two white people in the bus, and this will come into play here in this story. I was standing in front of the bus, and we got to the number three stop. She kept going. I said, that's my stop. She said, I don't stop there. And she wouldn't address it any farther. She was being real ignorant about it, or she just really didn't want to address it. Just ignoring me. It was pretty rude. You know, I'm immature. I'm 14, 15. I, I just want to get off the bus, and I don't want to walk on these streets because I'm scared, um, uh, literally scared. And uh, 
So I tell her we stop by the curb at a red light, and technically I guess they're not allowed to let you off at anything but a stop. So she was doing the right thing by that. But I just wanted to get off. I'm like, Look, I live here. though. That stop's too far away. Please let me off. She ignored me. So I figured I, I thought I was smart, and I'm not proud of this, but I decided to mouth off and try to get myself thrown off the bus. So I said, let me off the bus, bitch. And she said, your mother's a bitch. That's why you called me a bitch. This is a grown woman driving the bus responsible. And she just told me my mother's a bitch. I said, look, I just want to get off the bus. And she's like, going off about my mother. So I said something else inflammatory. I said, wow, I never wanted, and I, I didn't mean it. All I wanted was to get thrown off the bus. I swear to God. I said, I never wanted to slap a woman more than I want to right now. This bus driver pulled the bus over, got in my face, and said, go ahead and slap me. At this point, word had traveled from the front of the bus to the back of the bus. Kids were making up the story that I was using racial slurs. The kids would come to the bus and hit me. I was cornered. I was a caged animal. I wasn't getting off this bus, and the bus driver wanted to fight me. So I started punching back. People slapping me over her shoulder. So what happens when you one against the mob? (laughs) You get dragged down. You get your ass kicked. Um, I was getting my head stomped in, and I watched her look on the horror as I was getting destroyed. And she turned around and walked back to the seat and continued driving the bus as I got uh, covered. Like, I couldn't see any light. I was covered in legs and fists and feet, stomping on my face and head. I was dragged to the back of the bus, and uh, at the back of the bus, I noticed I was bleeding, but I couldn't tell how bad or from where, and it wasn't stopping. And I saw some people not involved that were looking on in horror, but muscles of their turns on me, kicking me in the head. And it wasn't going to stop, and I thought I was dead. Then somebody picked me up and got me to the front and told me to run, and they must go up. Um, I got no justice for me that day. <laughs> but what people don't realize, what people thought was, and it was Martin Luther King's birthday, by the way. Yes, it was. But um, people didn't realize that I wasn't mad at black people for it. I was mad at those black people for it. Because those people on the bus were idiots. And they had that mom mentality attack me because something they thought I did. I um, I have friends who are black. I'm not saying this because it's, I think it helps to say that. I have friends who are black that have told me that if they were a white kid that got beat like that in that situation, they would hate black people. <laughs> I can't think that way. I'm part of the solution, not part of the problem. I love everybody. And you should, too. I was watching Cosby's show when I was younger. And he did a show where, at the end of the show, they showed the entire speech of Martin Luther King's uh, I Have a Dream speech. He didn't talk about sex or race or, or religion or any of that stuff specifically. It was all encompassing. He got it. He was part of the solution, not part of the problem. That's why he's my favorite. And I'm sorry, I didn't realize that my conversation I was having with you guys was going to go this long. show's almost over, so I'm going to rush through this last bit here. I didn't think I should watch that bit. They showed the entire speech from beginning to the end, aired it. It's copyrighted, so I can't use it here, but he aired it, and um, they aired it, and I didn't watch it. I wasn't going to watch it. I said, this isn't for me. It's just for, I was one of those little white guys that didn't see color, so I didn't think it was an issue. I was blind to it, ignorant to it. So I turned the channel, but it was three channels in UHF. There wasn't people, so I went back to it and listened to it. And I found out it was for me. It was about all of us. It was for all of us. 
and it was a great speech, and it was meaningful, and we all need to heed it. So I plead with you, implore you all, but please go look it up on YouTube. It's out there. Look up I Have a Dream by Martin Luther King. Listen to every word. Like it's the first time you heard it. I don't care if you're black or white or anything else. It's for you. Listen to it like it's meant for you, and it's about you. Let's listen to it. Let's enjoy the message. The man died for this message. Let's not let it be for nothing. And let's move on. Be better people. Make a better world and concentrate how we're the same as opposed to how we are different. Like Stacey Dash and, you know, was trying to say. Let's be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Thank you for listening again. I hope I didn't offend too many people. I hope I, I hope I don't see your senses. Next week, GK Bowles. And that about sums it up. You guys have a great week. See you then. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.